1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: All right, welcome to Canty and Carlin here on ESPN radio on a Friday afternoon presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Mark Zino. Good to have you aboard here finishing your week with us. We're filling in for the guys that highlight there you heard was courtesy of 107.5 The Fan. Mark Zinno, good afternoon. How are you? First time we're working together. You doing all right today?
0: I am fantastic. It's good to know that the Z's will finally move to the front of the class, baby. Zinno Well, Zazzle, this is you know?
2: uh, an historic show this afternoon on ESPN Radio because, I don't know, I'm going out on a limb here and saying not very many sports talk radio shows where you got both hosts are Z's. I feel like this is an historic occasion here this afternoon.
0: Let's just hope we don't put anybody to sleep. So there is that. All right.
2: So preseason week number three, we're wrapping it up over the next few days. You had four teams who wrapped up their preseason last night. And that's actually where we're going to start here this afternoon, Mark. So, you know, you had a couple of preseason games. Now, look, preseason can put me to sleep sometimes. But I felt like going into the games last night, okay, there's a couple storylines I could latch on to here, right? Like, at least let's start with with the Colts here. That grabbed your attention—a little Colts-Eagles action. Anthony Richardson. So that's probably something you said. You know what? Let me let me let me take a gander at this. This has got my attention, right?
0: No, I mean, yes ah. and no. Like I'm <laughs> curious. It's got my attention because the general, you know, view of Anthony Richardson is that maybe he shouldn't be a starter. He's not ready to play. He doesn't have enough experience. And you're curious about what all that's about, right? Um, and I am curious about what it's about. But I, I I don't want to put too much stock into what I see in the preseason because it's not real football to a certain extent. There's, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of practice tape that the Colts have dissected. And I'd like to think that Shane Steichen and company have arrived at this decision to start him because they've poured over hundreds and thousands of hours of film and say he is ready, not because – there are other influences that made that decision happen. All that said, again, we're not talking about a, a, a offense in the preseason that's designed to be an offense. It's just running plays, right? We're we're, we're not we're we're not talking about you know uh, uh, the idea that you you're not running a hundred yard dash. You're just doing some warm up you know sprints and and getting out of the starting block so to speak. So I can't put too much into what I see. However, like you said, there is some level of interest of You know, with every throw Anthony Richardson makes, is he really ready for the NFL is the question that follows.
2: So if you didn't watch the game, you certainly, like, you probably took a look at the box score, like, all right, let me see what Anthony Richardson did. I'd like to take a look at the numbers. And you see, all right, 6 of 17, 78 yards. He ran the ball five times for 38 yards. This was all in the first half. I got a couple questions about that. Before that, let's hear from the rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Let's hear his thoughts on his performance.
1: I did uh, see a couple of missed throws from me, uh, a couple of drops from the team, but that's just all with reps and uh, preparation, you know, going into the season. You know, we're going to continue to build build on it, you know, keep taking shots, because we like to play aggressive, we like to play fast, so just keep taking shots. You know, just try to find ways to click on all cylinders and, and just connect with each other, you know, so we can have this offense being explosive.
2: All right, so this is interesting, right, because... It's funny, you look at those numbers, Mark, from Anthony Rich, and like, Ooh, I'm a that's Struggle City right there. I mean, 6 of 17, you hear him say right there, I missed some guys. I know there were a couple drops as well. But then I hear people who are commenting about it, and I don't know, maybe it's because they're Colts fans who are super excited with what they saw out of Anthony Richardson yesterday. And it's one of those funny things where a couple weeks ago, when Trey Lance, Trey Lance, you looked at his numbers after one of the Niners' preseason games, like, these are pretty good numbers, but everyone is saying he stunk in the game, and I feel like it's the exact opposite here with Anthony Richardson. Um, I, I don't know.
0: Are I, I, Colts fans just trying to find something positive to latch on to because every single bit of piece of news around that franchise this offseason has been bad, right? Like, I mean, are, are we trying to put on rose-colored glasses here about what Anthony Richardson is? Um, and and – Here's the thing, you'll go as far as your quarterback takes you in this league, and if you if you use expectations as the measuring stick for success versus disappointment, here he's, he's he there's only very little down he can go. There's a lot of up. I mean, think about it this way, and, and people may forget this when Joe Burrow got into the league. Okay, things weren't great; they lost a lot of games that year. However, comma he made them competitive in every single game, and you could see. That if they added a couple more pieces, now I have a guy that can be make go make take us from good to great, to if not very great, uh, and and, and to the level of where they are right now. Maybe that's the only measuring stick for Anthony Richardson this year. Zaz is that they're a competitive team because I, I don't know that they they have a lot around them to win a lot of football games.
2: I I actually think what it is with Colts fans there's no way they could possibly think that they're going to be any good this year. So I feel like for the first time in a few years, really since four years ago, when Andrew Luck all of a sudden announced his retirement and you got like these stop gaps and they're plugging in. All right, Jacoby Brissett took over because Luck bailed in the middle of the preseason and then let's give Phillip Rivers a try. Let's give Matt Ryan a try. Let's give Carson Wentz a try. I feel like for the first time since Andrew Luck decided to retire, the Colts fans like, look, I know we're not going to be good this year. So, there's no real pressure. I don't have to. I don't have to sweat out these games every Sunday afternoon. All I want is can we watch an exciting young quarterback? And I feel like if nothing else, all right, he's going to run around the field like a cheetah there every Sunday afternoon, and hopefully we could see him grow a little bit without the pressure of actually having to win football games this year. If you're a fan,
0: yeah. Again, I think that that's part of it. Uh, I just don't know what the expectations would be. I mean. How do we judge Anthony Richardson after four games if the Colts are 0-4? I mean, isn't the ultimate measure of whether you win or lose games in the NFL? And I don't no, think it's always that black and white. It's year. not always that simple. Yeah. So there's a certain group of the fan base that's always going to go, if you don't win, it doesn't matter. Because ultimately that's how you win a Super Bowl in the NFL is you've got to win games. you just got to beat the other team. We chastise high-level quarterbacks and really good teams for not getting over the hump because they can't win one game, even if they win 12 or 13 during the regular season. So, you know, ultimately, uh, how good or how successful this season is for Anthony Richardson and the Colts really is in the eye of the beholder. And I think that varies from person to person.
2: By, by the way, Mark, how about Anthony Richardson? A little bit of the uh, the Fly Eagles Fly celebration. After one of the touchdowns there in the first half, all maybe feeling himself a little yeah. bit playing at the NFC champion there.
0: No, no, don't, you, you don't You do cringe that. it a no, little no, bit? never, never. No, no, just don't. Kid, look, I don't like calling these young men kids because it sort of demeans them a little bit, and I'm not soft like that, but somebody told me it's unprofessional the broadcasting industry to refer to them as kids. But look, kid, <laughs> okay, because that's how you're acting right now, right? You do that. You've proven nothing in the NFL. Don't do that.
2: Don't well, let's that. let's hear let's hear an explanation. Let's see what the kid. I'll call him a kid. He's a kid. He's just out of college. I think he's a kid. Let's let's hear what the kid has to say after the game yesterday on doing the Fly Eagles Fly celebration.
1: I was thinking about it before the game, cause you know, rookies sometimes, or just anybody uh, in general, just getting in the end zone, you kind of freeze up, you don't know what to do. Uh, so I was contemplating what I was gonna do uh, if I if I scored, if, if somebody else scored. So I'm like, okay, this is what they do. So I, I ran down there, and I was just flapping my arms, and you no, know, uh, I was just having fun. You know, I hope nobody, you know, take it the wrong way, but you know, it's just ball. I'm having fun out there, and just just enjoying it.
2: All right, so I'm, I'm going to take you behind the curtain now. You're out there listening here on ESPN Radio, however you're listening to us here. Mark Zinno's eyes lit up about two seconds into that clip. What are we thinking here, Mark? You're aghast. You pre-planned this celebration? Like, you thought about it ahead of time?
0: Come on, bro. You're putting way too much emphasis on what happens after your score. Like, I, I mean... I appreciate him at least acknowledging, look, I'm just having fun. Okay, that takes a little bit of the, the sort of sting away from this whole thing. But, man, y- you, you, you haven't even had time to finish your first cup of coffee in the NFL. That's a defending Stop NFC champion. He's very excited.
2: He's into oh, it. He's very excited. No.
0: You shouldn't have just said that. You could have just, you know, you lied say, to me yeah. and said, hey, this is something I thought in a moment. I would have felt a lot better. But the fact that you planned this means you've been, you were thinking about it all week long.
2: Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio, Jonathan Zaslow, Mark Zinno filling in for the guys here. So the other two teams that wrapped up their preseason last night, the game took place in Atlanta. It was the Falcons and the Steelers. Now, Mark, you're based in Atlanta. I mean, the first thing I asked, so Mark, you you're in Atlanta? You, you're Atlanta sports team? No, no, I, I hate Atlanta sports teams. So going into last <laughs> night, uh, uh, ha, ha, what are our thoughts about you know Desmond Ritter? What's the what's what's the general consensus on the Falcons before we talk about the bigger story last night? That being the Steelers and Kenny Pickett.
0: Um, look, I, I am. I have said repeatedly, and I'll say it now. Arthur Smith is a damn genius. He might be the most underrated coach in the NFL. Uh, I think he will garner votes for Coach of the Year. Uh, he is as smart and as sharp of a mind in this league as there is. Uh, and, again, that's not me being a homer or a bias because I'm not a Falcons fan, per se. I just objectively know what yeah, I see he when I talk to, to this coach. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hate the teams, <laughs> but you get the point. Anyway, so um, I-, I think if Desmond Ritter is just above average – this team can win 11 or 12 games. Uh, what really Can I, you, Zaz, let me tell you something. B. John Robinson is that dude. He is that dude on every level. Like you, you ever um you, what's the name I'm trying to remember that that game where um it's kind of like dominoes I guess in a sense. When Bijan John Robinson puts his foot in the ground, if you hit mm-hmm. the table of dominoes, you know they all fall in one direction. That's what yeah. B. John does. When he puts his foot in the ground, everybody falls in one direction because nobody knows where the hell he's going except for him. He is that dude on every front. I mean, he is not a running back. That is a football player. And there's a difference because he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can block. He can do everything you want him to do. He's going to be such a dynamic asset to this team. And then, oh, by the way, you throw in Drake London and you throw in Kyle Pitts. So, Desmond Ritter doesn't have to be very good this year for this team to be very good. Don't beat yourself. Don't cost your team games and make one or two plus plays in critical moments. And this team could be a lot better than people think. There's always a team that comes in and I'm surprised. I keep seeing all these lists of, hey, teams that may have a big year or, you know, unexpected, you know, under the radar teams. Falcons get named by nobody. And that just tells me that people aren't paying attention to Arthur
2: Smith. Yeah, see, that's it. Like I have that reaction you saying that, not because I think you're crazy, but it's really because I haven't heard anyone else make that case for the Falcons, which well, is exactly because they the haven't point played a thinking.
0: single starter in the preseason. Atlanta fans last night were apoplectic that none of the starters played. They lost twenty four to nothing. I had the Steelers minus five and a half. Um, but regardless, you know, like they're losing their minds. Or that's I don't get wrapped up in preseason. There's just too much noise. So. Arthur Smith knows exactly what he's doing. The big question is, Ryan Nielsen, the, the defensive coordinator who came over from New Orleans, Okay, if he can get that defense to have some semblance of a pass rush and just be a little bit better than they were last year, I'm telling you, this is a team, and the bet to make isn't on the Falcons over eight and a half wins. The bet is the Falcons to win the NFC South Okay.
2: money. So just like the story from the other game was Anthony Richardson. If you're watching that game, all eyes are on the rookie Colts quarterback. Well, the story in this game, because like you mentioned, the Falcons aren't playing anybody. Kenny Pickett's getting action again. And again, Kenny Pickett looking... Fantastic out there for the Steelers. Four for four. Well, it's 70-some-odd yards, I think it was. He looked great out there. How about Najee Harris getting a ton of time? I mean, Jalen Warren, he played last night, too. Third and final preseason game. Every team kind of handles it their own way now that there aren't four preseason games at a dress rehearsal week three game anymore. But the Steelers win last night 24 nothing. Mark Zinno, the Steelers' ceiling this season depends on what.
0: Oh, that's a more difficult question to answer. I want to give a one word answer, but uh, put it this way. Can I answer this this way? It doesn't all depend on Kenny Pickett's performance. It doesn't. And it doesn't all depend on Kenny Pickett's performance because you play in the toughest division in football. That's number one. Okay. Number two, the Steelers have an identity. They've always had an identity. And as long as there is black and yellow. On an NFL football field with that little one-sided helmet deal, trident, whatever you call the good little description. Stars on there. Yep, good description. Yeah, you know, you you see, you, you got what I was talking about. As yep. long as that's around, their identity is going to be defense, and that's what they're going to win games on, and that's what their head coach wants them to win games on. So, the idea that we're going to sit here all of a sudden and shift from asking your quarterback to turn into Ben Roethlisberger immediately is silly because. Ben Roethlisberger didn't turn into Ben Roethlisberger immediately. Right, right. When they went 15 and one, when he was a rookie, it wasn't because he played great. It's because they ran the ball and they played defense and they stuck to a game plan that other teams couldn't play very well. And that's what their their season depend. Look, if I told you right now the Steelers would win the AFC North, rate your level of surprise on one to ten because mine would be. Five, maybe six. It's not the most outlandish thing. Are we surprised to see the Pittsburgh Steelers win a division?
2: Yeah, I'd I'd go six.
0: It's not through the roof. I I get how good the Ravens are. I know Joe Burrow plays in this division. I know the Browns, and if Deshaun Watson has a resurgence, could win the division as well. But there's an argument that all four of these teams could either win or lose this division. I don't think you can say that about any other division in football, maybe the NFC East.
2: Yeah, if there was ever a year that the Steelers were going to be down – it would have been last year. Like, last year set up yeah. perfectly for it to be Mike Tomlin's first ever, not even 500 year because they shifted to 17 games and, and it's the odd you know number of games schedule, but an under 500 year last year. And they still finished over 500 last year. And now, with the weapons and the growth of Pickett, like, the Steelers, yeah, would I'd give it a six. I'm, I don't think they're going to win yeah. division, it, the division. But I wouldn't surprised. be shocked by any either. stretch. Not by any chance. That
0: could be the most surprising thing in the world. Nobody should be that surprised. And and, oh, by the way, if the Steelers win the division, I, I would add that something else catastrophic has happened. There was a major injury to somebody important on one of the other three teams, right? But that's the NFL. You take advantage of when other teams are weak. I mean, that's just part of the deal.
2: I would pretty much echo when I ask you what the Steelers' ceiling this season depends on what. I pretty much echo your explanation, but I would fill in that blank with the Steelers' ceiling this season depends on Mike Tomlin. And here's why. Mike Tomlin. To love do. him. Yeah. Love him. Great coach. That doesn't mean I think, oh, hey, Mike Tomlin needs to be a good coach instead of a bad coach this year, and that's why it depends on them. No. What I'm talking about is the Steelers aren't historically – historic, like you said, defense – and running game, all right? They didn't let Roethlisberger, his first two years, he had that first year, and then the second year, they won the Super Bowl, where Roethlisberger was terrible in that Super Bowl. Bowl. He had fast Willie Parker running around there against the Steelers, uh, excuse me, Seahawks, and they win the Super Bowl. His first two years, Roethlisberger, they did not let sling it, all right? It took a while for them to trust him to do that. So when I say it depends on Tomlin, can you trust Kenny Pickett to sling the ball around the football field? And they got a great running game, so they don't have to completely rely on the quarterback. But if they can let him cook, that's what the kids like to say, Mark. If they can let him cook out there, <laughs> then that's that's where I believe the Steelers' ceiling comes into play there. Can they trust the uh, second-year, first-year starting quarterback?
0: Yeah, uh, by the way, never, ever disappointed when there's a fast Willie Parker reference ever made. Don't know oh, when one's going to happen. Game. Great Don't know when one's going to happen, but, yeah, just you know the, the, the name just rolls right off the tongue very well. He was point, look, great I in think, that game. I, I think, quick Kenny Pickett, okay, I'm just throwing adjectives out there now. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be very good. I think he's going to be underratedly good this year, and I think when we talk about that step from year one to year two for quarterbacks and how big it is and how huge it is, you'll see a step from him. I, The Steelers are up against it. They play in the AFC. They play in the toughest division in the NFL. It's going to be a really hard road for them to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But still, the idea that they can't win a division or even wouldn't be a playoff team should not be a reality. They can absolutely sneak into the playoffs this year.
2: You're listening to Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Jonathan Zaslow and Mark Zinno in for the guys. A team that we have not talked about, hardly at all talked about so far this preseason. Are the Jets really as good as some people think they'll be? Do the Jets have the biggest boom or bust potential in the NFL? We're going to get into that after Zinno has this word from FanDuel.
0: Uh, Football season about to kick off, folks. FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So visit FanDuel.com slash play and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduelcom play.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely.
0: We've all been there.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: Oh, yes. Some CC top for you here on a Friday afternoon on Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Mark Zinno taking you up until seven here. We got. Six teams in the NFL tonight are going to wrap up their preseason schedule. Four of them did so last night, and the rest is coming up this weekend. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, at Dan Graziano ESPN on Twitter, joining us here. Dan, we'll start out with a team that we haven't been talking very much about this preseason, and that being the New York Jets. So Aaron Rodgers will make his debut this weekend. He has not played a preseason snap in five years what do you buy is the most likely reason that he has decided to suit up this weekend
4: Jets got aaron Rodgers. i, I missed that no the uh, the, uh <laughs> they want to what the jets are saying is they want to get him some reps with the guys in a real game situation you heard it right there coming into this out of the break um I don't know. I think Rodgers is, is, is I, I, it, partly that, but I also think Rodgers is determined to like show everybody I'm a different guy. I like, even said it at the podium the other day, right? After Randall Cobb said he was going to start snapping at people. He's like, no, I'm not going to snap at people anymore. So everything's different and playing in the preseason game for the good of the team, you know, as the coaches have let it be known, uh, I think kind of, kind of lines up with that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it seems, Seems like a mistake to me. I don't know why you would take this level of risk with this player on whom everything rides uh, for the Jets this year, but this is what they've decided to do. And, you know, hopefully for their sake, he doesn't get hurt.
0: I'm curious your reaction to the 49ers handling of what's going on with their quarterback situation. I was telling Zaz, I, I, I don't know why all of a sudden this 40, the 49ers are being excoriated for trading assets to go get a top five quarterback and missing on it. Like it's never happened before. Like, well, I don't understand what the big deal is. They got it right. They made a decision and moved on from a guy. They found out wasn't their guy. You should be applauded for doing that.
4: Yeah. I mean, but it's not, it's not wrong to say like, well, why another franchise might've been sunk by this. Right. So why are the 49ers getting off easy? And the answer has to do with how good a team they've built. And, the fact that they were able to, uh, they believe at least that they hit on the franchise quarterback answer with the last pick in the draft last year. Now, if Brock Purdy doesn't turn out to be what they think he is, and if they don't end up winning a Super Bowl with this group, I think it will be fair to look back and say, wow, that's one of the worst draft mistakes of all time. Think about what they gave up to go get him, what else they could have done with those picks, right? And maybe. You know, this is a team that's been in the NFC Championship game, what, three of the last four years? Like, maybe one of those goes their way if, um, you know, if if they draft Micah Parsons, right, (laughs) instead of going up for Traylor. You know what I mean? Like, they already had Garoppolo. So they tried to get cute at quarterback. They blew it. And then they lucked into a possible fix the following year. I just think it's—I think it's fascinating. I think they're kind of Super Bowl or bust at this point because otherwise, I think it's going to be fair to criticize them for, you know, yes, you're saying it's not the first time it happens, but given what they gave to move up, given their circumstances, given what they already were dealing with at the position at that time, it, it seemed like it seemed like a, one of the one of the
2: historic whiffs. Dan, if they were to field offers for a Trey Lance trade. What could they possibly yeah. get for him right now?
4: Yeah, probably not much. I mean look you, you get a maybe you get a couple of picks maybe you get a player that can help you that you know maybe the other team is done with for scheme or financial reasons yeah i, I think I think if the forty ers move trey lance, the primary motivation will be sort of to do right by him and not leave him buried right like he first of all, it would make them look better if he goes somewhere else and, and does well, right? Then it looked like, oh, maybe it was the right pick after all. They just didn't, you know, he had some bad injury luck and they didn't give him time to develop. But um, second of all, they like him. Like, he's not a bad guy. Like, he hasn't caused any problems. He just hasn't been as good a player by now as they hoped he would. So I think, um, I think there's a sense in that building of, like, hey, it's best for everyone if we move on, and, and it would be nice if we could find Trey a place where, you know, he could he could have some success.
0: Speaking of moving on, uh, Jonathan Taylor wants to do it. The Colts uh, probably holding pretty firm to the idea that, well, we're not going to pay you what you're worth, but we're going to ask for what you're worth from somebody else uh, sort of mentality here. Does this thing get done by Tuesday in your opinion?
4: I think there's a chance. I think there's a, I would say there's a better than 50% chance, right? But it's not a hundred percent. And the Colts at this point are holding firm. Now it's Friday and the deadline's Tuesday. So, you know, it's, it's reasonable that they would still be holding firm at this point. We'll see what happens if it gets closer to Tuesday. And it's still not done. It sounds like uh, he does not want to play for them. And if that's the case, um, then they're better off taking whatever the best offer is and moving on. Uh, because otherwise they're stuck with a guy that, you know, might be in and out of the lineup all year, might not really be a great guy to have around if he's uh, unhappy. So I think this is something that if it gets done, it'll get done at the last minute, maybe Monday or Tuesday. And, um, and I do think there's a chance. I think there's been more interest in this player than, uh, than I think you would have expected in a running back in the current market, which as we all know, has been unkind to running backs. This is a younger player than most of the guys that have become available. Um, he's two years removed from leading the league and rushing. I think there's a sense that he still has prime years left and that's what you'd be paying for. So I do think there are teams that are interested in seeing what it would take to acquire and sign him. And if those numbers match up, then um, then I think he could be playing somewhere else week one.
2: Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider here with us on Canty and Carlin, Jonathan Zaslo and Mark Zinno filling in. You know, I'm here in Miami, Dan, and uh, the reports yeah, are too. that the Dol- that the Dolphins are <laughs> one of two teams who have actually made an offer to the Colts for Jonathan Taylor. But it's such an interesting situation because not only do you have to get the Colts to agree on the compensation, yeah. but you have to get Jonathan Taylor essentially to agree on his compensation. So which of yeah. those roadblocks do you figure are harder to accomplish?
4: I, It's interesting. I think – the first one. I think it's the it's the trying to get the trade done because the Colts are, as we said, holding firm so far. So um, I think you have to you're gonna have to make Jonathan Taylor happy, right? Does that mean you have to extend him? Or does that mean, you know, you say, oh, Okay, hey, look, we got a chance to win the Super Bowl here. If you come on board, we'll take we'll look at the contract after the year's done, or here's a written promise that we won't franchise you. That's the best we can offer right now. Uh, you know, that that kind of thing. So, uh, I, he wants a new contract. It may be that he will require a new contract. But I do think there are other avenues, if he's open-minded to it, which I don't know if he is, uh, that could satisfy Jonathan Taylor. Whereas the Colts, if they're really asking for a first-round pick, and, you know, it sounds like that's so far what they've been asking for, uh, that's going to have to get a lot more reasonable if um, if this is going to get done. I mean, for goodness sake, guys – they didn't even use a first round pick to draft
2: him. <laughs> right. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. Great job Dan. Thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks for having me, guys.
2: I felt I found myself feeling bad there Mark for Trey Lance. I don't know, like it, it, it's he, he was a high draft pick. There's a lot of pressure on him and like everybody's saying that he stinks. I I I found myself feeling bad for Trey Lance while we were talking to Dan there. Why? Because of just what I said there, he's a young guy, and he knows everyone around the country is saying, man, you stink. You're not even good enough to be the backup quarterback. I don't know. It had me feeling bad for the guy, you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm not tough enough. Listen,
0: it's not a question of tough enough. I mean, life in the NFL, man, it's cold and it's calculating and it's business. And guess what? You know what the difference between him and Johnny Manziel is? About 18 slots in the draft. It's about it. I mean, what you make of it after, if he doesn't play a snap in the NFL anymore, what you make of it after is ultimately up to you. And I don't Coming think this ne- is the end of Trey Lance's story.
2: Too, no, too young. Coming up next on Canty and Carlin, the segment the nation has been waiting for, oh, Mark God. Zinno attempts to bake a cake. That's next on ESPN Radio.
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: Oh, good song. What is this? Good song day on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Jonathan Zaslow, Mark Zinno filling in for the guys here. We've almost done it. We're almost there. It's, It's just about the weekend. We did it, everybody. And I guess one of the tasks in the Zinno household this weekend, is baking a cake. So to let everybody yeah. behind the behind the curtain here, you know, we do pre-show production meetings. It's very sophisticated here, at ESPN Radio. And you let us know, Mark, that you, you have big plans this weekend. What is it? You, you have a, a couple birthdays in your household, which is going to result yeah. in you baking a cake. Do I have this correct?
0: My twin boys are uh, turning eight on Sunday. And so the party that we are throwing for them tomorrow um, is <laughs> is uh, their official birthday party day. And, I, you know, it's just me and the boys. So I have decided this year, instead of going out and buying a cake, I had these. And I, this might be a bad parenting decision to be given because these two boxes of, like, I'll decide. I don't know if it's Let's Duncan hear. Hines or, or they've been sitting in the cabinet for what has to be years now. I don't know. I don't look at expiration dates. I don't buy that stuff. So I don't even care. Although they're probably expired. So I'm choosing to make expired cake to begin with. But I I was tired of looking at the boxes in my camera and said,
2: screw it, I'm making cakes this year. I mean, how hard going it be to make a cake? So, so I you're figured t- if you follow the instructions, it should be okay. So now is, is this just regular cake or is it some kind of – you know, is is there well, something special to it? Uh, what I mean, what, what Zaz, there,
0: there's an idea here that if you're going to fail at something, fail spectacularly, right? Let's do, do nothing it. small. So I decided I'm going to make a double-decker layer cake with icing in the middle. Okay. So I'm going all out. Okay? okay. Well, in fairness, the reason why I try that is when I looked in the back of the box to read the directions, <laughs> I'm trying to backwards plan here and figure out how much time I need to make the cake and get it ready. And I'm looking, and it says, oh, 13 by 9 pan. It's 35 to 40 minutes. It's two 8-inch rounds. And I'm like, two? What do I need two for? <laughs> I'm only making one cake. Right? right. There's one box of cake. It should be one round. And then I had to, oh, I had, full disclosure, I had to call my mother. I said, why does it say two? And she says, well, in case you want to make a layer cake. I said, okay, well, now i got to make a layer cake. Not only that, because I have twins. They each have to have their own thing. They each have really? to have their own cake. So now in reality, i got to make four cakes.
2: Now, yeah. do they know that Daddy is taking a stab? Eight-year-olds love cake. Do they know nope. that Daddy is the one who's taking the stab at making this cake?
0: Them and their poor bastard friends have no idea what's coming. None whatsoever.
2: Wow. And yeah. oh, so you got it, it, the friends. So, so what's this scene like tomorrow? What's the theme here? What are gonna we be doing?
0: There's going to be 17 mini terrorists running around. Is, is it pool party? you got to find a way to no, keep it's these a, kids at, busy, Mark. What are we cage? doing? They wanted, they wanted to be at the batting so we so we took okay. them to a batting cage, which hosts birthday parties and everything else. Okay. And they have like you an, an outdoor field area and, and a do pitching their machine thing. and everything else, and then they right. go over for pizza, and then all you have to do is provide the cake. And instead of going to uh, the local grocery store and ordering a cake, I'm, I'm baking one. Well, so, all, all you got
2: to do is I, provide I, the cake and, and write the check at the right. end. Believe me, I know how much those birthday parties are.
0: Yeah, and so here's the thing, and, and tip for the, for the parents up there of, of kids who are like four or less, okay, you're going to get to a point in life where you, you can ask your kids questions and they'll answer them, but what you never do is give kids that age options. So, no, I didn't ask what kind of cake they wanted. Guess what? You're getting <laughs> the kind of damn cake I make because if I asked, not only would they not know, when they finally decided on it, you know what's going to happen after I bake the cake? They're going to change their damn minds. I ain't going back to another one. Then there's that whole headache that I've now done something to disappoint the child by giving them options. You get no options. You eat the cake that I make, whether it's good, bad, or different. If I end up baking a big hockey puck, guess what? Chow
2: down. Now, I have to give you full disclosure here. I asked you a lot of questions here about cake, and it sounds like you're doing a great thing tomorrow. Your boy over here doesn't eat cake. I don't eat
0: cake. I don't that's, do cake. Uh, that's depressing. That's, that's I, don't, how, I don't, I don't, I don't
2: like cake. Now, now, now. Let me also preface, like, do you like, like at pie? birthday parties, I never. Yes, at birthday parties, I never ate the cake unless it was. I do ice cream cake. Love ice cream cake. Make me a fudgy the whale cake, and I also love cheesecake. But regular cheesecake. cake, I don't do regular cake, Mark.
0: Why don't they put more of those little black little crunchy things in ice cream cake on more of the cake? Because those are delicious. Oh, oh I want more unbelievable.
2: of those. Yeah, Why isn't the, the layer oh.
0: bigger? I'd like less ice wow. cream and more chocolate crunchy things in the middle.
2: I want the whole cake to be crunchies and maybe just a little yes. bit of ice cream in the middle. Yes, give
0: me that. Why don't we, yeah. you know, essentially just like a, a small cone with all the crunchy stuff on top.
2: Yeah. Hey, you're listening to Canty and Carlin. Is Giannis Tacumpo planting the seeds for an exit out in Milwaukee. That's next.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you
4: can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.